the books, podcasts, conferences, meetups only will take you so far. So I think it, internally, we know that nobody around us was actually doing the things that we want. I want to do next. As an auditor mindset, I just do not want to go in blinding something. So I need to get into a network. That's when I reach out to um, four or five mentorship groups. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is going to show you and tell you how she went to build a portfolio of 2,600 units in a very short period of time. That doesn't happen for just everyone, but there are some key things that I just I see are common in people who are moving fast in this industry, right? Her name is Mary Chung, and she's a co-founder and managing partner of Sage Investing Group. She comes from an audit and risk management background, which I think is could be very helpful in this space. I mean, has been investing in real estate since 2011. And with a collective real estate portfolio of over 2,600 units, Sage Investing Group focuses on sourcing, underwriting, vetting private real estate investments for its portfolio, as well as its investors. So Maggie goes through numerous things for us today of how she got into this business, right? Right? Even leaving her job before knowing that you know this was like the path that she was going to take, uh, and even w- talks about a little bit hey, g- getting her spouse on board with this big decision of diving into the real estate business and specifically syndication. Uh, and so you're going to hear some of that. And just the, she's transparent about it, I'm, and I'm grateful because I think that helps so many other people. Man, she also goes through you know, a big part of her business is working with brokers, and uh, you know she even has been hung up on numerous times. And she's going to share some about that that I know you're going to learn from. But then also she's going to share some challenges that they're having in the business right now and what they're doing about them. I know you're going to learn a lot from Maggie today. Maggie, welcome to the show. Honored to see you again. I appreciate you reminding me that you and I were at the same conference like three years ago. Uh, and so it's neat to now have you on the show. Tell the listeners a little more about who you are, what's your focus right now in real estate, and let's dive into how you got into the syndication business as well. Yeah. Thank you for having me on, Winnie. Like you mentioned, we met three years ago. That's a long time. At that time, I was just getting started. And maybe a year back before that, we met, I actually quit my job in Wall Street. I was an auditor, a career auditor for a long time. There's something happened in my life and I, I just realized that I need to get out of my corporate job. And that was personal, it was just family. I just wanted more time for my family. And I quit my job, not knowing where I want to go, but I knew that I needed to scale my real estate business. So uh, me and my husband kind of worked down, sat down and really wanted to focus and, and figure this real estate a career, next path of my life. So we compromised and okay, let's just give me a year. I asked him to give me a year to figure this out. And that's when I actually, that's part of that year journey. I met you at the conference and at that time, I only had like single family, like most people, and I wanted to figure out how to scale that much more. So I took a year to figure out okay, what is it in real estate that I can be and what kind of skill set that I have to translate to this next career in my life or next chapter. As part of the journey, you were in there three years ago. At that time, we only have like limited partner in syndication. I was just getting started, but syndication wasn't too foreign to me because I, in my career as an auditor in Wall Street, I seen bankers put these deals together in a large, large capacity. So they buy shopping malls and, and they also look for investors. They put in the capital you know, themselves and also, there's also SEC filings, there's due diligence process. So a lot of the terminology was very familiar to me. So I felt very comfortable in that uh, in this syndication. It wasn't too far a stretch. Uh, but I did have to figure out how to get uh, more involved. And that's where I went to conferences like the one that we met in three years ago. And that was the beginning of my journey with me. Awesome. Well, it's interesting. Uh, you know, 
know, that, that term syndication scares a lot of people off, right? They've never heard about this type of investing. They're just like, oh, you know, that's that's so out of my comfort zone. I hear it all the time. It's like, my parents never told me about that, so it must not be okay, right? Uh, and so it's interesting how, I, I love hearing how different people hear about this business and dive in. Well, you mentioned, I wanted to ask you about one thing there, too. You said, uh, you know, you convinced your husband to give you a year. <laughs> you know, was that, was it hard to convince it? Like, because I'm sure there's people listening that can relate to that, right? Maybe their spouse is not on board with this, like, drive that they have to think, you know, hey, I can go do this in the real estate business. How did you do that? What did that look like? Was he on board? Was he not? Share what you're willing to share. The funny thing is that I'm an auditor and I'm also a married fellow auditor. So you have to imagine how much more effort that has to be because to convince another person who's an auditor who has a risk averse is much more harder. But because I know myself, I think I know the process, uh, the, the logic behind how he's getting to this conclusion. So that one year stretch, I because I tried an audit, uh, there's a term called scoping and planning. So I, I kind of approach everything in my life kind of the same way. So I scope out the real estate business, the different types of real estate business could be wholesaling, it could be flipping, it could be multifamily, smaller multifamily to larger multifamily. So I set out that one year to figure out these types of different types of strategies. I try it myself as different things that doesn't work out. I kind of explain the process to my husband. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work for us. This business is not going to scale for us. So, and it's definitely not something I enjoy. So I think throughout that process, I kind of like catalog and also uh, explain to him what it will mean and how it will impact our family because this is time commitment, there's resource commitment. So, and then there's, you know, resource meaning, uh, you know, it could be money, time and skill, right? I think it's because I took at that time to scope out of different avenues. I also walk him through the process. It was much more easier to get on board. Of course, from that to syndication, it's a, another level of trust because you're trusting somebody else to run the deal. So that telling my husband, like, hey, can we fork over some money to, to invest in somebody else's deal? That's, that requires a lot of trust. But I think luckily because I am familiar with the some of the regulation that's around it and it's not totally blinded. It does fall into SEC and SCU realm, right? So is it, are we going to, could we possibly be uh, losing money? That's possible. But of course, you know, everything is at some risk. So it's uh, measuring the risk and measuring the reward. And I think at the beginning, we were just testing out the water. So we didn't invest too much. So it wasn't too much of a loss. You had to be willing to take a little risk, right? You and your Absolutely. husband. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it sounds like, you know, you all thought the, are you determined that the risk was worth taking with the potential reward that was that or the reward that was their potential there, right? To have such a reward that made it worth taking the risk that you took. Uh, it sounds like anyway, tell me, you know, what was some of the next steps? So did you find mentorships? Did you uh, read books? Did you just listen to podcasts? What, what gave you the confidence now to move into the buying large multifamily, you know, real estate? So in the beginning, we were doing we did like four or five limited partnerships where went in a syndication. So we were trying to test out the different uh, types of operators and different types of deal structures. And we wanted to scale a little bit more and more into general partnership. The books, podcasts, conferences, meetups only will take you so far. So I think it, internally, we know that nobody around us was actually doing the things that we want, I want to do next. As an auditor mindset, I just do not want to go in blinding something. So I need to get into a network. That's when I reach out to um, four or five mentorship groups that I evaluate and kind of figure out, okay, if there was something that we, we wanted to be part of, but 
uh, and culture is very, very important to us. So we wanted to be in part of a group that, that is promoting being able to get actually have a success rate that people are doing deals and doing deals together. Uh, it doesn't feel as daunting. I think I like it more when I think because I'm in the corporate world, I have, there's a lot more eyes into a project and there's a lot more people giving you opinions. And I think more opinions about, especially experienced opinions. Those are things that are very, very value very much because you don't never want to go into a deal blindly, especially when you're working at millions of dollars. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, give us like uh, one or two of the, the key things that happened for you though, after that to help you to scale so fast. Uh, I joined a think multi-family membership with my, uh, Mark Kenny. I really like his group because he has like a family culture in his ecosystem. And a lot of people are willing to help out and also bring. It was a more like a smaller knit community, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for is people who are willing to do deals or who are serious in their in front. I don't want to be in a group that's too big. You kind of get lost in the process. That's kind of what we want. We we actually got like four or five groups before we settled in one. I think that was most important. That's awesome. I know Mark well, very well, actually. Uh, yeah, and couldn't speak highly enough of him and uh, Tamil and and just that group. I knew a lot of people in that group, and many have moved very fast. So it's amazing when you get all these people together, uh, things start to happen, right? And, and like you said, the culture, you know, and the commitment to just uh, education and all that, all in the same place. So uh, that's incredible. Well, you know, now what's your focus, Maggie? You know, like you every day in the business, what are you doing now? Uh, you know, as you're you know pushing forward uh, for Sage Investing Group? So my job, there's I work with two other ladies who are two of my partners. Uh, so my job is really to look for deals. Uh, I, talk, I talk to brokers on a daily basis. I look at evaluate deals. I talk to property managers to kind of see that we can make something happen and also put a team together to make sure we can really take down a deal ourselves. A lot of talking. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's good. It requires it, right? Uh, tell me some of the, maybe a few of the top tips you'd tell somebody that's learning to talk to a broker. Uh, maybe, you know, a couple of questions. Hey, you got to ask the broker this, or maybe you need to ensure the broker knows this about you, or what would that be? In the beginning, it was more, it's a little bit more intimate because you had no track record. But I think it's because we are, uh, you, you do have to kind of like mention like a leverage on, on my partners, like Mark and and the group's capacity. So we are able to deliver, hey, we never close, and we never lost out a deal or never close a deal. Those things are really helpful for the broker because you're really trying to sell him that you can close a deal. That's, at the end of the day, that's what they're looking for. So they are, you got to figure out what's their motivation. It's basically they're evaluating you how likelihood that you can close on a deal. So you got to deliver those punchlines to make sure that they can hear you well that you can do that. So no, I'm going to tell you off the back that I messed up a few times in the beginning. Surely not. And I definitely uh, have people hang up on me because uh, I did not uh, know or realize quickly how to work on that mental exercise to make sure that I can deliver that punch every single time. So it does take a while to kind of practice. And in the beginning, I think it's just, you just have to figure out that it's, it's not about you, it's about your performance. So you got to just keep on practicing. Are you tired of paying too much in taxes or want to recession-proof your investment portfolio? Whether you're looking for a passive investment income or want to see what joining a syndication team is all about, then you don't want to miss Think Multifamily's annual FIRE Summit Conference, November the 11th and 12th. I'm going to tell you how to save $100, and that's by using promo code WHITNEY100 when you go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash FIRE. Again, that's WHITNEY100. Did you know that multifamily is one of the most recession-resistant strategies to create long-term equity, cash flow, and build wealth through real estate? 
and can save you big on your taxes. You've probably have heard that, but I want you to learn from somebody just like Think Multifamily. They have over 25 years of experience, over 100 apartment syndications, 16,000 units in 13 states, over a billion dollars in assets under management. Think Multifamily has the experience you can trust to grow your real estate portfolio and avoid the pitfalls many investors and syndicators fall into. Think Multifamily believes you don't have to sacrifice your values to be successful. Integrity, transparency, servant leadership, and family values are what you will see and feel when you attend the Think Multifamily event. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash fire for more information and register today. Enter promo code Whitney100 to save $100. Yeah, I love that you were willing to be uncomfortable there, right? And we even had people hang up on you like you talked about. Uh, it's it's comical in a, in a sense, but in another way, you know, that that's not easy in the moment, right? Uh, it's frustrating, and but it's just a learning curve that you got to be willing to go through. I think, right? You got to be willing to uh, be willing to hear no many times, right, before you get to a yes, uh, and that's just part of that learning process uh, for sure. So, working with brokers, you know, and, and yes, learning how to talk to them, being willing to do that. Uh, what about? Are you involved in underwriting as well? Yes, I am. Awesome. Uh, maybe you could even relate this to you know, obviously, how you all are underwriting deals right now. But what are some specific things that you're looking at when you're underwriting a deal right now that may be different from a year ago? Yeah, I, I don't know if we do anything differently now, but I think it's more mm, scrutiny or more. I mean, at this moment, we worry about inflation. You know, I think everybody is in top of their mind. as well as interest rate. I worry about because we do work on treasury markets um, most of the time. Want to make sure that our rents are supported. Even there's inflation, I, I worry about it. There can the tenant really absorb that? That's kind of what I'm concerned about. So we try to look for uh, areas where there is more. When you look at the the income growth, is there really sustainability in income growth? That's what we focus on. Uh, is our jobs coming in? Is there a because most of the tenant space the requirement is they make three to one ratio. So we want to make sure that three to rent ratio versus our renovation formula is there's still a good gap there. Uh, so that we focus on that a lot. And operational wise, right now I think that's very very important because as we go on, I think cash management. Is very important. So that's what we focus on right now. Okay. Yeah. Cash management, man. So important. I uh, went back up on, uh, like you said, Hey, you know, you're asking, can a tenant absorb this? Right. You know, and you're trying to account for that. I think it's so smart because uh, they, they do, they have to, if your tenants can't afford the rent, uh, it's pointless, right? <laughs> so, you know, who is your tenant base? You know, who are you attracting and thinking through that? You said three to one ratio, wanted to ensure that you mean like income to rent. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, cash management. Uh, speak to cash management a little bit. What does that mean? You know, when you say that, uh, you know, property level, like what, what are some things you would be watching as far as cash management? Yeah. So I think the next couple of years, is, it's really important right now, especially when you're doing a renovation project. There is the timing delay between putting the capital and then requesting the draws from the from the lenders to replenish the uh, reserves. Right. So and in the meantime, you're taking some units down and renovating. So, so there is some time delay in those cash. And I think the uh, most important is the first year when you're trying to do is the most disruption to your business. So when you're trying to go through month to month, how much you're renovating, how much you're going to, you can request a draw process. Those and also as rising interest rate, because some we do have a bridge debt on our, our deal. So we want to make sure that we're well capitalized in terms of month to month, especially the first year, because you're doing the most renovation, most disruption the first year 
in order to, to see the benefit of it. And once you're stabilized, it's not the most sexiest thing because you're looking at like accounts, uh, you're going down to the invoices level and you've got to make sure you run your tight ship. But I think it's important. No doubt. Very important uh, that you have a handle on your cash. <laughs> I think uh, personally as well, right? Not just at the property level, but personally in the business. Maggie, what would you say is your, your biggest challenge in the business right now? Right now, I think we, I'm looking at deals. A lot of deals doesn't work out or pencil out well because I think some, I don't think their sellers are willing to let go of the pricing that they have seen before. We were having a really, very really great low interest rate environment. I think there are some of the sellers are still holding on to that pricing. So I think there's still a gap and differences when I'm looking at deals. Yeah, no doubt. Challenge that we're all going through right now, right? You know, it's finding those deals, making it work, trying to. Uh, yeah, I just think over the next number of months, yeah, I mean, sellers are hopefully come back to reality, right? Or, or get over, uh, us included. You know, there's a couple of deals we wish we'd have sold a year ago, right? Uh, no doubt about it. But uh, but we got to move on. Uh, they're still cash flowing. They're still doing great. You know, it'll still be just fine. But I, I know when you're we're trying to buy deals, it's the same thing right now. What about, is there a way that you've recently improved your business that uh, we could use as well? Or that we, you know, we could also apply to our business? Yeah, right now, I think it's we're looking at more figure out streamlining our asset management side. We don't have a perfect answer yet. It's getting a little more challenging when you have a little more properties and when you're working with starting to work with different property managers and with different system and trying to assess the data point centrally, like uh, what I make apples to apple comparison, one property to another. So that's kind of what we're the challenge we're working on. I would love to hear if you have any solution, but that's something that we're working on right now. Yeah. You know how we had to improve our asset management or we, we hired a a really good asset manager for one. That was a massive step in improving our asset management. And the next small step we took was uh, bringing property management in house. So I'm kidding. It was a massive step, uh, you know, to make that happen. But what we've learned recently, we built a management company, you know, in-house. We bring all that in-house. But guess what? You still need an asset manager. So, you know, it's it's two separate things and, and you need to keep them separate, right? Uh, there's some good conflict there, right? A healthy amount, you know, is good there, you know, between that asset manager and the property management, even when you're, especially when you have management in-house. But anyway, the asset management is so crucial, Right. You got to have a pulse on what's happening day to day at those properties. And you, and you said it too. When we had just a few properties, it wasn't a big deal for my business partner and I to do most of the asset management, right? And he did most all of it uh, at that time. And then, but as we scaled, well, all of a sudden that you find yourself just doing that. And now you can't look for more deals. You're not underwriting, underwriting as many deals. You're, you're not focusing on the team as much, you know, right? And, and you, you know, you're, you get taken away to do that because it is so important. Um, so we had to scale by hiring people ultimately. But I love that you mentioned uh, creating, a, you know, improving and streamlining a process in Asana. We also use Asana, but we've not really used it for asset management. So I, I like that, uh, that you're, you know, building out a process in there. So it's like, hey, we don't forget these steps, right? Uh, and then it's pretty easy to continually edit edit that right uh, as well, right? Yeah, I love checklists. I live in checklists every day. Maggie, what's your best source for meeting new investors right now? For me, I still like to do a little bit old school meeting, uh, meeting, uh, in conferences and meet, uh, or we're thinking of going, evaluating or going forward next year, doing more investor meetups, uh, locally and 
but and, and during COVID, we we did a lot of like webinars. That's why we uh, how do we scale our investor list. But going forward next year, we're planning on uh, some more bigger initiatives. So going out to more conferences or creating uh, meetups on our own. So that's what we're working on. What's your best tip for passive investors? Passive investor, I think the only thing I can really, if you're a passive, you really don't have control of the deal. If you crave control, you need to get a little more active. And if you like, if you like that kind of aspect, but if as a passive, I think the most, I will have to say that just diversify. But the key of uh, growing your wealth is part of that or, or mitigating your risk is diversify to different sponsors, different markets, different type of even class A, class B, you know, and class C, I would probably stay away from class D properties. But so having these diversification kind of mitigate your risk. So that's yeah, as a passive, you can you you can grow your wealth from there. Like that's the key from many generation and then the other investors like Warren Buffett. What are the most important metrics that you track? It could be personally, professionally, d- deals underwritten. You know, how many mornings a week I get out of bed on time. It could be from one spectrum to the other. Anything that you track? Yes. So I track for deal. I have a couple of things. So uh, for deal, I track because I'm a deal hunter. So I I track how many deals I looked at a day, and I calculate the ratio of when we're going to put an offer, how many we put an offer, how many how many times we go to the best and final. Our first year we. We underwritten 150 deals before we got first deal. Yeah, I believe it. So now, it, you know, it, things are getting easier. We don't have to look at every single deal under the sun in order to, you know, make an, an offer. It's a lot more easier, but I, that's one aspect that I track. The other side, of course, I track from asset management piece with my partners. Like our deals are projecting or meeting our projections and or is the PM is meeting projections. We give a PM a different target than our internal target. So when I you know, try to see if they can exceed our own projection. That would be great. Right? So that's the second thing I track. Um, what else do I do? Oh, for passive investing, I also have passive investment as well. So I track those performance, but you don't get insight a lot. So you you kind of have to glean from the month to month reports and see. I just track the distribution if that's if they're making the distribution. If not, um, I track their how their NOIs are doing. So that's kind of like the fun things for me. It's, it's fun for me because I just want like to see how other people operate. That's awesome. What about your uh, daily habits that you're disciplined about that have helped you achieve success or, or habits that have produced the highest return for you? I'm completely 100% believe in daily habits because that's how I was able to kind of continue doing 150 deals, underwritten 150 deals and still think about, okay, there is an end result somewhere. So I get up in the morning, I usually look at deals first half of the morning and talk to brokers and, and evaluate. That's my job. That's basically my job for the, for the business and evaluate deals. That's my first thing. The second half of the day, I try to do keep that for relationship purposes. So rather to um, meet with other partners, um, talk to other partners, potentially take on a deal or investors. So that, that's kind of how I divvy up my day. What about the, what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Persistence, determination, never giving up. Even though, you know, you're an entrepreneur, so you, it's going to be a fun ride all day. On the same day, you could be in the roller coaster up and down. So it, I think it's just seeing through and just do the work and you'll, you'll get the results and believe it. How do you like to give back? I love to just share my experience with other people. If they're really interested in getting more involved and really want to know like what's behind the scene or even know if this is right for them because it's not right for everyone. So that's the beauty of being in the, in the group that I'm, I'm in and think multifamily because I'm able to contribute back to other people who are just starting the journey. And like you have seen me three years ago. 
That's awesome. Thank you. Pleasure to have you on the show. Grateful to hear more of your story and, and actually, you know, catch up from where I met, I met you, what, three, you know, three years ago, like you mentioned. I just appreciate you being real too and your transparency around, you know, even the willingness to get hung up on, uh, you know, by brokers and, and whoever, right? But push through and have the persistence and uh, even, you know, being worried about inflation and thinking about uh, or and walking through how you're thinking about that, you know, and how tenants can they absorb it. Our jobs coming in, the ratio of income, all these things that, uh, that I know many are contemplating right now, right? You know, as they're looking at deals and or hopefully they're looking at many deals as well. Uh, but even talking through, hey, you know, asset management is something we're working on and improving because hopefully the listener, if you have projects, because hopefully they have a focus on that as well, right? Uh, you know, and monitoring how their deals are performing. Maggie, thank you again. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Yeah, you can reach me, Maggie, at sageinvestinggroup.com. We have a website, sageinvestinggroup.com. We're also on LinkedIn and Instagram. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share it with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day. 